Buckle up, it's time for My Drive with Jeremiah Isley, the gaming podcast that's about more than just games. Presented by Theology of Games, visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. All right, here we go, everybody. Once again, it's My Drive. I'm your chauffeur for the day Jeremiah Isley, welcome aboard. Thanks for coming along and joining us. Uh, yeah, hey, it's uh, Wednesday again, and we didn't have an episode on Monday or Tuesday for a couple of reasons. Monday was a school holiday for President's Day, so hope everybody enjoyed their President's Day and um, and all of that. And I hope you also had a great Valentine's Day uh, over the weekend on Sunday. And then yesterday here in Ohio, we finally, finally had our very first snow day, at least in the northeastern part in the county in which I live. Um, So I didn't take the kids to school, and I didn't drive anywhere except the sledding hill with my family, so I wasn't about to record during that, because that would have been awkward. Anyway, so here we are, and it is Wednesday the 17th of February, and it is a beautiful day outside. It's cold, it's about 30 degrees, with lovely snow-covered trees. If you live somewhere where you don't get snow, um, I apologize, because the scenery is just gorgeous today, and uh, you don't get that, so sorry about your luck. Anyway... (laughs) I sound so compassionate, don't I? Uh, so, hey, I wanted to talk about um, I wanted to talk about card games today. And first of all, I wanted to say over on theologyofgames.com, on the main site on our blog, we reviewed this great uh, deluxe expansion of Fantasy Flight's latest Warhammer game. It's Warhammer 40k. Conquest. It's a two-player living card game that you you pit against one another. Everybody picks kind of a faction, and you take all the cards. You can construct your own deck. They're in in true living card game format, releasing tons of uh, like they call them war packs for this one. And uh, so you can construct a deck, and then you go through and you battle over planets and um, you battle for control of these planets, and all the planets have like uh, different icons on them, and if you get three matching icons on, and you win those planets that have three matching icons, then you win the game. So it plays really quick because of that. You're, you're only gonna play a maximum of seven rounds or six rounds, I think it is, um, just because of the mathematics of how those icons work. So anyway, we reviewed The Great Devourer, which is the first deluxe expansion. I talked briefly about it in our last episode. Um, but it adds a whole new faction that wasn't in the base game, and which is pretty cool. It's the Tyranids, and they are these this like evil alien bug race kind of thing that uh, they're just they're vicious. And they've got like infestation tokens you can like invade and infest a, a planet and then certain cards that you have will react differently 
if you put them at a planet that that has uh, that you've infested and, and things like that. You, there's also a synapse unit that you you pick alongside your warlord, which everybody has a warlord in their deck. They kind of um, <clears throat> they kind of uh, they're kind of like your your head guy. And if your warlord dies, you die and you lose the game, kind of thing. Um, but there's a synapse unit that that kind of mirrors, it goes along with your warlord and you get to send him out somewhere too. There's this cool dial, double dial thing that add, they add with the, the synapse unit. And so anyway, um, it's very cool. It's a lot of fun. And um, I really, if you like games kind of like, I don't know, I guess maybe Magic the Gathering a little bit has that same kind of feel where it's a one-on-one, -on -one, you're battling out. Uh, if you like that kind of game, you're probably going to be really into this um, this Warhammer game. And I mean, maybe if you're a Warhammer player and you just want something that's in that same flavor, that same universe, but not like the giant sprawling miniatures game, uh, might be might be up your alley as well. Uh, it, and it plays a lot quicker. It's like a 30-minute game as opposed to like a 30-hour game of Warhammer. Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames using the hashtag TOGMyDrive. So I wanted to talk today also because I kind of started thinking about card games. I wanted to talk about uh, the old collectible card games of of yesteryear. Any of you who were involved in gaming in, say, you know, mid '90s, about 20 years ago, uh, for there was a, a span of about uh, five, six years, and then it kind of started tailing off, you know, after about eight or nine years. But for a while there, there were collectible card games of every franchise, movie, TV show, comic book, I mean anything and everything was turned into a collectible card game. It was all the craze in the gaming industry for a long time and in a lot of ways it was my sort of gateway into uh, tabletop gaming and some of my earliest memories of gaming aside from playing games with you know parents and grandparents and kid games and stuff like that some of my earliest memories are collectible card games and I never was a magic player but I played a lot of Middle Earth which was this great Tolkien based um I don't know. It, it was it was based on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and it was cool because it wasn't a two-player game. You could play up to five players because of all the five wizards. Everybody had a wizard, and you built your deck. And the goal was to uh, travel through Middle Earth, go to Mordor, and destroy the One Ring. But you had to find it first, so you'd have to go to locations, do all these searches, and very cool game. I also played a lot of Overpower, which was a crap game. It was terrible, but I liked comic books and superheroes and Marvel especially. And 
Overpower definitely scratched that itch for me, and it was a much lighter game, so a lot more of my friends were more apt to play that than they were to jump into a, a big, heavy game of Middle Earth. So what I did is I actually went, <laughs> I went on to Reddit, and I started a conversation, and I said, what was, what's your favorite dead CCG? And I got a ton of responses. They, I, I checked just before I started recording, and we were at like 200 comments and ton of upvotes. So it was really cool because it definitely, it's funny because it's not a prominent thing now. Yes, Pokemon's still alive. Yes, Magic is still alive. But there's not much else uh, that's still alive in terms of in terms of dead card games or or I'm sorry collectible card games. Um, but you know a lot of folks played Magi Nation. That that game was mentioned a ton on this thread, um, and so was Jihad or. Um, Vampire the Eternal Struggle. They kind of changed the name after the first edition, I guess. Uh, Seventh Sea was mentioned a lot, which Seventh Sea is kind of getting a lot of play right now because there's that second edition of the the role-playing game that's on Kickstarter. And um, Legend of Five Rings was mentioned a ton, which only recently, I think, became a non-living card game, sort of stopped printing although I'm not even entirely sure that I don't know I think there's other things going on with that it might be coming to the living card game realm soon um, and of course uh, deciphers Star Trek and Star Wars were big and I did more recently I kind of got into like Star Trek as a dead game because you could go and buy a box or two for like 15 20 bucks and get a ton of really good cards and, and build a fun deck and not spend a lot of money. So that was that's kind of one of the one of my favorite things to do, which you can't really do anymore. I know some of the places don't show up, but um, like Hills Wholesale Gaming and Chimera Gaming used to show up at Origins and have these giant booths just full of dead card games. So we would always go and hit those and, and buy up these boxes and build decks and play them and stuff. So that was always fun. Um, but the cool thing about the conversation that started on Reddit that even more so than just, oh, these, these great games that, you know, nobody plays anymore and, man, I spent a ton of money on that game or whatever, is, is the memories that people associated with when uh, you mentioned collectible card games. And, I mean, one person, uh, let's see, I, I'm trying to read some of this, but... Um, SMGTH, which who knows what that stands for, said, oh my gosh, well, used more colorful language than that, but said, this thread is a walk down memory lane. Like, literally said those words because there's so many memories tied up in the games that we played. Um, Vizgoth, or Vizgo, I, I can't pronounce how that is especially while I'm driving on my scribbled notes, but had told this story in the thread about uh, the memory of walking to the comic store and adding up how much money they have and what it would take 
with tax and everything, how many packs of, of some of the games that they would be able to buy and, and get. And uh, with, you know, walking with his friends and, and doing that kind of thing. And that's the kind of stuff that's fascinating to me because I think that's why I have such fond memories and attachments to some of these games. Like my Middle Earth cards, I still have pretty much all of them. And I haven't played the game in decades, literally. But, um, but just the fun time, like sitting around the table, literally just goofing off. We'd put on the animated version of the Lord of the Rings and we'd be playing this card game and messing around with my brother and my friends, just totally being nerds. And I think I have more fond memories of that than the actual gameplay itself. I don't think I, I, I was terrible at the game at the time. It was like a super deep game. It was my first jump into gaming like that. But like those are some of the, the best memories of of my teen years of just kind of hanging with friends and, and being around, you know, doing doing that kind of thing. Um, let's see. Epic G or Epic Six, I can't read my writing. Um, had memories of playing with his brother and how proud he was when his little brother finally put together a deck that beat him at, I think, I don't think I wrote down the name. Um, and then that uh, Visgoth again said uh, the Star Wars game, like he had these great memories of sitting with his friends and just building decks and spending hours talking about Star Wars. And literally just said, a, kind of catch that comment with saying good memories. And I think that's the, the cool thing about it. Um, J.L. Duggar said that he has great memories of playing Star Trek that revolve around his friend who spent all this money and built this Enterprise crew deck with all the rares and everything. But it's funny because you associate the memories of the game with the people that you played it with. And I, I think that's super fun. And I think that's, that's a, a cool aspect that people, that people don't uh, often take into account when it comes into spending money or time playing games or whatnot. So um, I will put a link. I'm going to put a link to that conversation, that thread on the show notes. So if you go to theologyofgames.com slash mydrive, um, you will find this episode, which is episode seven. And in there, you'll find that link to that Reddit conversation. And you can join in or you could just go through and read it all. It's an amazing like historical view of all the card games that were played. Um, so it's very cool. All right, it's time for the feedback loop. I just have a couple of quick things for the feedback loop today. Um, Alan says, keep up the good work. And I like that I, the fact that I hear you talking about traffic and things of that nature while you're recording because it kind of gives some sort of authenticity or genuine sense to the podcast. So thank you for that, Alan. And uh, Ben cracked up <laughs> at the fact that I started the feedback loop with a background music piece and then immediately said the first thing was that Ben said he didn't like background music. I'm glad you enjoyed that little fun 
poke there. Anyway, I would still want to know more about that. And I would love to hear your favorite dead CCGs. Hit me up um, on Twitter, on Facebook, on whatever. <clears throat> Hit me up, let me know what your favorite dead CCG is. And with that, I'm home. Thanks so much for joining me. Please join in the conversation. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and this has been My Drive. Thanks for coming along on My Drive. My Drive is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.